to Expanded Universe, Season 22, Episode 5, Too Fast, Too Full Lore, or The Cocktease Falcon. The book, Star Wars X-Wing Race Squadron by Aaron Alston. The year, 1998. Chapters, I don't remember, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Hello, everybody. Welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars novel discussion podcast where we discuss Star Wars novels. I'm Jeff, and that's John. Yay! Yeah, and we are going to discuss a Star Wars novel today. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. so excited about that. It's Pale Fire by uh, Vladimir Nabokov. (laughs) Really? Uh, Yeah, it's surprisingly actually about Star Wars. Weird. Yeah. Uh, Who knew? I'm actually more concerned about whether or not his first name is actually Vladimir. I forgot. (laughs) He just seems like the kind of guy that would have a Vlad name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I, I have a copy of Lolita kicking around in the garage somewhere. All of my shelf space was long ago given over to every role-playing game there's ever been. Uh, but but I, I haven't read it in quite some time now, so mm-hmm. I I just don't know. I remember Nabokov. Yeah. And I've never read Pale Fire. Fuck that. I've never read any Nabokov. <laughs> Well, then it was the perfect joke to make and the right time to do it. It was great, because yeah. nobody knows or cares. <laughs> That's this podcast in a nutshell. It's one of the very few jokes we make on the show exclusively for the benefit of Claire. <laughs> uh, or, or this one. Monsters are kissing. <laughs> oh, she doesn't need monsters to kiss. She just wants, you know, good-looking, horny people to hey, kiss. I was, just, I was just checking Twitter today, and she was... Asking around for her friends if anyone could show her, point her to some great stories about werewolves that bottom. <laughs> I'm so glad. Did werewolves come out yet? Because I feel like, yeah, I feel like werewolves would be a pretty good place to look for that. Yeah, it? what? I feel like it, it. It pretty much stalled out, didn't it? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think uh, our flag means death? Did that? Maybe. When? When? Uh, when, when? What's his name? I feel bad now. Uh, uh, Vladimir Nabokov. Uh, Vladimir Nabokov. <laughs> uh, when when uh, the famous the famous actor Vladimir Nabokov. I just want to call God, him. I'm this call entire him opening section of this podcast is making so many people so angry. <laughs> just absolutely red faced, incandescent with rage. <laughs> just you sons of bitches! How could you do this to me? <laughs> Well, it's because we find it very, very funny. <laughs> There's nothing I love more than <laughs> getting something wrong or not knowing something that many people know, and then having no way for them to tell me. Well, I can, I can confirm that it is Vladimir Nabokov. <laughs> nice. Hey, he was nice. He's Russian. There was a 75% chance. <laughs> a decent, decent chance. It was either that or Dimitri. Ah, <laughs> oh, Dimitri. That'd be a terrible name. <laughs> Uh, and I think the guy who uh, who plays the main character in Our Flag Beats Death is named, like, Vladimir Dmitrikov. Yes. Yes. So so we got it. That's a super common New Zealand name. Got him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know he plays Murray in Flight of the Concord. I, I was just muttering under my breath. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to call him Murray or Koran. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sigh. <laughs> well, anyway, you want to talk about the Star Wars? The reason I'm mugging so much is because 
we had a rough day yesterday, both of us. I was sick. You were super tired from finishing up jury duty, and we just put the episode off for a day. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and, and because we did that, I have forgotten 90% of it. Well, I'll go ahead and tell you this. Reese Darby. There you Reese go. I'm just, I'm just letting Darby. some people off that hook. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. You can stop wriggling. Yeah. We've reeled you in. <laughs> Uh, so when last we left our heroes, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Kel Tainer was a big piece of shit. That will continue on. Yeah, that's not stopping. Uh, <laughs> we have all, we also established that, you know, Wedge's training regiment is just a wacky Japanese style game show where the rules continually change. Yeah. He's basically making them play, uh, <laughs> Uh, whose line <laughs> it's just like in this game <laughs> when brady gets points for singing and all of you lose points fuck you <laughs> <laughs> and they were going to go do a quick mission based on oh let's you know do some quick hops with the x-wing since they're one of the few fighters that are actually you know like warp capable yes yeah x-wings are well, actually I think all of the the uh, Rebel Alliance ships are hyperspeed capable, including which you wouldn't expect it, but the A wing is as well. See, I didn't think the A wing was, but I might be wrong on that. I'm probably wrong on that. Uh, yeah, I, I think they all are, and I think the only one of the uh, the tie ones that is is the Advance, and uh, I think the Interceptor is supposed to be because I knew it doesn't matter. Most of the ties weren't. I knew Z ninety fives weren't. No, they're definitely not. Uh, most of the bullshit ones I figured were not capable. Yeah. But they were going to go do some jumps. They were going to go to an uninhabited system and come back. But while they were going around uh, Commodore, the planet that the moon base Folor uh, goes around, mm-hmm. they discovered that, oh, shit, there are incoming Imperials and Trigget's on his way. Mm-hmm. The fancy lad himself. That's right. I, now I remember we did that voice for Trigget. <laughs> now I remember Trigget's a fancy lad. <laughs> And he shall only become fancier. <laughs> and uh, when we ended, the uh, they had managed to briefly trick the incoming Imperials that a decoy base was the real base. Mm-hmm. But they are on their way to the actual base now. But one of the transports to evacuate is having engine trouble. So it is up to our brave A-wing and X-wing pilots to stall them and... They have sent out two of each from Blue Squadron and Wraith Squadron to head over to the trough and give a heads up once they reach that zone. Yes, and Trigget is slowly, because he doesn't, for whatever reason, he doesn't want to just pack up the fighters and get up into the orbit and go over to the other side of the planet quickly. He wants to slowly meander over there. Probably let's let lots of time for the uh, Imperial March to play. Yeah. Yeah. I was, <laughs> I was like... You're in a fucking spaceship. If you want to get to the other side of a moon, you're just like, and up and over. Wow, look how fast it's rotating. We're going 12,000 miles an hour or something. Neat. We could have done that much more efficiently. But no, he instead is staying within the gravity of the moon and just sort of meandering forward Mm -hmm. uh, with TIE fighters all around just in case anyone tries to surprise attack because he is paranoid. All of of them constantly flying out in front of the Star Destroyer to pay respects to him with a sexy little waggle. I like that waggle. (laughs) Ooh, I I prefer that waggle. Ooh, did you see that waggle? (laughs) That was for me. (laughs) That was my special waggle. (laughs) So... So yeah, obviously because he's the main character, Kel has been one of the X-wing pilots assigned to go on this kind of advanced scouting mission. 
along with, of course, his wingman, Runt. But also joining them are Blue 9 and Blue 10, a couple of A-Wing pilots whose names we'll learn, uh, but I have forgotten. They're, yeah, they're just, mean, they, they look like Star Wars grab bag uh, syllable names. Yeah, it's they're, not super important. Yeah, you got like, it's, it's like there's a woman one named like Deidre Star Deidre, and then... Deidre so, Star Deidre. Yeah, and, and the other one sounded like so, like an insect man or something, and his name was like Rudy Roo Tubuja or something. It's just not... Whoa. <laughs> Good times. They're not great names. Dorset Conair. Dorset Conair. Yep. You know, starring <laughs> all of my favorite people. <laughs> one of history's most perfect movies. Except that this one's the uh the, the TV version of it made in Dorset. Oh no. <laughs> it stars Dorset? a bunch of British people. <laughs> uh Tatango, that's the other guy. Yeah. Something Tatango. Rudy Rue Tatango. That, of course that's it, obviously. Why would it be anything different and why would we check? Why would we possibly? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so uh, to Tango Noor, mm. when we pick up on our uh, chapter nine, they are on their way. And I will say this, Keltainer is not a likable character. No, I don't think he's even supposed to be. And that's the thing is the book does a very good job of making Keltainer be the like platonic ideal of shitty fighter jock yes and they're like oh we're trying to get uh like we're going through the fissure so we're not seen and we're trying to get to a point like way down where we think they'll be heading over so that we can set up and send off a you know warning sign when they get close this is super important lives are on the line one of the transports isn't taken off it's up to us to do this. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's time for a race because I want to win. I want to be the best. And A-Wings are faster and it's not fair. So I have to outfly the A-Wings so we win. I need to win the race to get to the place. And there's even a part where he's racing these A-Wings, which, you know, pass him on straightaways because A-Wings are notoriously very, very fast. Yeah. Uh, and he's using tight turns and dirty pool in the air to get around them so, he gets, so he's out in front of them again over and over again. And he's got an internal monologue going where he's like, this is the ideal situation because it doesn't matter if I die. If I die, one of these other three pilots is going to make it and they can send back the warning. The most important thing right now is that I get there first, though. Oh, yeah. And if I don't, I die. Because the whole thing with Tainer is like, oh, he's got anxiety. Like, anytime he is put on the spot, especially having to fly, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, this actually matters and people are counting on you. He's like, oh, I get real, I tense up and I get real fucked up and I have, you know, horrible problems with it. But for some reason now he's like, ooh, I can just be a huge dickhole and it doesn't matter. Nothing's riding on this. I'm like, there's no point in this reverie where he he goes like, also, I don't have to. Like, as long as any of us... I could just fly normally and get there and do my fucking job. Like, my whole job is to park and turn off all my engines and lights and stuff for a long time until the Star Destroyer gets there. And right now I'm racing like the devil himself so I can sit there longer. Yep. And the thing is, the A-Wing pilots are the exact same way. Yes, yeah. They're also trying to race there. And you're like, oh, there's a, there's a healthy competition between A-Wing and X-Wing pilots. I'm yeah. like, you know, that's fine when you're trying to do pretty much anything else. But in this fucking one right here, because, again, like you said, 
A-Wing's faster straight away as they get ahead. Uh-huh. He manages to pull ahead in the turns, but in one of them, he almost causes one of the A-Wings to fucking smash into the wall. I'm like, even if you don't care if you die, you almost murdered a fellow pilot because you wanted to get somewhere a few seconds How's faster. How's that going to look? What if he kills that guy and he ends up having to talk to Wedge and General Crispin about it later? And he's, they're like, why did you do that? And he's like, sir, I wanted to prove a point about X-Wings. I wanted to show that we're good at flying. And in so doing, I murdered a fellow pilot. <laughs> Great. Congratulations. This is a level of failure not seen since that one TNG episode where, where Paris was in it, but he wasn't called Paris yet. Uh, good (laughs) or you know that that one star trek episode where paris was in it all of voyager (laughs) (laughs) suck it nerds those are the ones where he was named paris (laughs) (laughs) that's right and much much like his namesake from the iliad he also sucked ass (laughs) or his namesake the cut the city (laughs) also sucked ass i heard that's right i want french people i want Trek nerds! I want everyone to hate me! Oh, I meant Paris, California, which notoriously sucks bad. Oh, no. But Paris, Texas, lovely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Okay. Um, yeah, this is just dumb. I-, I will tell you, you can tell these A-Wing pilots are super minor characters. You know why? Because Dorset Conair is a girl, and we don't get a single line about how hot she- hot and sexy she is. Well, he never sees her. I know, but we'd- you'd think that we'd... If if the book was committed to this character, if we were ever going to see her again, they would have gone into her cockpit for just a second. They'd go, Dorset Conair, super sexy and hot, responded as follows. Dorset Conair set down her A-wing and breasted boobily over the comm channel. <laughs> it's hard for me to press the button to talk to you over my extremely heaving bosoms. <laughs> she tittered. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway they they land and they turn off all their engines and junk and wait until they see the uh the star destroyer well they wait until they see the tie fighters because those are the yeah. ones that come first that's the thing that comes first that's right and they're checking periodically to see whether or not that i think it's called the borlaeus the ship that needs to leave has left yeah and by the time the uh tie fighters show up it still has not so they yeah. send like a quick small burst communication over to the leaders for the A-Wings and the X-Wings and are like, hey, we got a couple minutes out from these guys showing up, so I guess we will have to actually stand and fight instead of just leaving. Yes. And Wedge uh, kind of absor- absorbs this information and is prepping for the uh, for the attack, and then he gets one-upped on who gets to attack first as all the A-Wings go rocketing past him to go start the firefight. Yeah, which goes very poorly for them. Yes. Because... They're like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. We're both sort of flying through the trough. We'll come up out of the trough and, like, hit them from below. So we'll have a whole thing of surprise. And Wedge has this whole plan of being able to, like, just down a shitload of them before anything happens. And then Crespin, the person in charge of the A-Wings, just goes, yee-haw, and runs directly face-first into them. Yes. Weird choice. Weird fucking yep. choice. Especially because the only thing we've established about Crespin prior to this is the he is a deeply protective of his base person who doesn't want any weird shit to happen and wants things by the book. Yeah, he's been portrayed as, you know, one of those, oh, I gotta stick up my ass about everything and I'm all about, you know, having things go the right way and I want things done my way. And then it's just, 
hey, combat happens. I, I assume it's just that the author seems to be, and I noticed this in the other authors who write these squadron books, they, they really do think that the personality of the pilot is heavily influenced by the personality of their vehicle. Huh. That all these A-wing pilots are like, I'm fucking fast. Everything's fast all the time. Fast, fast, fast. I only care about fast. So we got to attack right away because that's fast. <laughs> We're going to get there first to attack first. That's more glory. I'm like, <laughs> or you could win. Yeah. <laughs> but then, yeah, sure enough, we enter into a big old heaven firefight where there's a whole bunch of A-wings and X-wings versus a bunch of TIE interceptors. And this is when we learn that the parlance, uh, we already knew eyeballs is what they call TIE fighters. Yeah. But we're going to be calling TIE Interceptors in 1998, and for several years before that as well, Squints. I don't care for it. Do not care for it. No, not a fan. Was reading through, and they're like, yeah, we got some eyeballs coming up. Watch out for those squints. And I was like, oopsie doops. <laughs> nope. 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 Don't like it. <laughs> but it happened a long time ago in a galaxy far away. Yeah, that gave you a lot of chance to learn to know better. <laughs> oh, Lord. And for this section, we are at least blessedly served by having things be from the point of view of Wedge. Yes. So we got Wedge, and of course, Wedge's uh, wingman is Jasmine. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jasmine is a very good pilot. Yeah, I think she's technically like the worst of the pilots on this group. Because she's Wedge's wingman, so he'll keep her alive. But no, all of them I mean, are the very lowest good. rated one was uh, Tyria. Oh, that's right. That's right. Tyria. That was her whole Tyria's thing whole where she was pissed off I'm about the it. worst, yeah. No, but Jasmine's quite good and very good at sensor relay stuff. So, so But he, even he, then, when Wedge pulls a maneuver to get out of the canyon, he's like, oh, I go close enough to the rim of the canyon that it activates my repulsors that pushes me so I get a faster kick. And he's like... And Jesmin managed to pull the same trick I did, which is very difficult, and I'm very good at this. Yeah. So good we honor. do at least learn Jesmin is quite good, not just at, like, a communication standpoint, yeah. but an actual pilot. She's an excellent pilot, and he is doing fancy flying as he goes in. He's doing a bunch of, like, letting his ship wobble around and so on. He's doing them waggles. Yeah, <laughs> but not out of respect. These are the rudest of waggles. <laughs> oh, wait, that... That TIE fighter waggled at me and I liked it, but when that X-Wing did it, I felt it was naughty. Daddy, punish da the pilot of that X-Wing. Daddy, treats for the <laughs> TIE fighter and spankings for the X-Wing. <laughs> Send him a missive by post and let him know to expect spankings. <laughs> Man, I love when I get missives by post to expect spankings. That's the greatest. <laughs> Oh, no, I've made someone very cross. <laughs> D Dear John, stop. Expect spankings. Stop. Neat. <laughs> Two Fortnites? <laughs> I don't want to play Fortnite once. <laughs> so, so yeah, he gets up there and starts blasting ties all over the so, place. So, anyway, he started blasting. He, start, he just started blasting. Uh but one thing, we we do get a little bit of business of everybody being quite good at their jobs at flying around. The big one being Piggy. Yes, Piggy gets business. Piggy is constantly chattering over the radio because what he's doing is telling everybody else when to expect to shoot their lasers. So he's like, number six, fire your fire your blasters now. Number number eight, your, the, uh, your target will appear in front of you now. And he's just doing that as he's flying around. Yeah, he's, you know, Wedge is, of course, doing his own shit. But when he hears like, Number 10, dive now. Things like that. He's like, man, what are you doing? Quit trying to be like the person who's coordinating everything yeah. and actually kill guys. But it turns out 
Piggy is doing both. He's just he is, doing both. Yeah, he is flying and taking down TIE fighters while also keeping track of every other X-Wing and when to expect things. Yes. Because Piggy is rad, and I wish this was about Piggy. <laughs> I mean, if he, if it was about him, he'd be too good. But as the, as a side character, this is phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, he's basically being Mr. Computer Man, uh, Computer Gamorrean, flying around just telling everyone else exactly when to fire their lasers and boosting everyone else's kills. He does quite well himself. He never takes a hit, and he does take out at least one interceptor all by himself. Yes. While he's calling out orders to everybody else. Uh-huh. So... This is uh, th- but it does begin a pattern in these two chapters of uh, of Wedge making a discovery about his new squadron, <laughs> which we'll get to in a, in a little while. Yeah. Now, you know, after a little bit of combat, because Wedge is doing like these pass throughs where there's huge, like really mixed up dogfights going on, where everyone's swarming around, and he's just like diving through the middle of it. Blowing up a couple guys, going out the bottom, and then, like, circling back around. Yeah, it's a tactic that works really well for, in, in these books whenever there's, like, a million fucking ties. Because you're like, yeah, you can go out from the, the blob of ties and fly in, and wherever you shoot is probably ties. Yeah, and then you'll come out the other side, and then you can just U-turn and come back around and do it again. Yeah. And eventually, after, you know, getting a bunch of them... Uh, Jasmine does manage to get a hit at one point, which mm, is she unfortunate. Gets, she gets hit and is does the thing where she's like, I can still fight. They're like, no, go back to base. Get your stuff put back together. No, you are currently flying on like barely able to hold it together power. If you tried to do like actual sharp turns, your fucking wing would fly off. So, yeah. so I, think they, I think they can't send her back to the actual base because it's about to be, you know, receive bombardment. So I think they send her to Commodore base. Where the where the Borlaus is? No, Borlaus is on Folor. Oh, oh, you're you're right. Borlaus is on Folor. It's on the yeah. Folor has its its other military, its real military base. Yes. So they send her there. Yeah, yeah. So she's she's out of the battle. Yeah. And um, uh, meanwhile, <laughs> the uh, what is it? Implacable is encroaching ever closer. Yes. Is our our big star destroyer, and if it reaches. The range where it can start shooting, that will be very bad because, you know, even outnumbered, the A-Wings and X-Wings are just better than TIE Fighters, and the pilots are much better as well. We, From Wedge's perspective, he's like, you can tell a lot of these TIE Fighter pilots are green because oh, yeah. they just don't have the reaction time. And he gets mean about it at one point. There's a part where we're describing Wedge's kills, and he's just getting a guy after a guy after a guy where he's, like, blowing the middle ball out of one of them and taking the wing off the next... And then there's one who panics, turns, and tries to run, and he's like, oh, perfect. That gives me a nice, easy shot on them, and blows them up. And I'm like, they're retreating, dude. What are you doing? Well, I mean, you know, they'll, they'll come back. I mean, you can wait for Trigget to kill him, because that's what's going to happen. But, oh, but... <laughs> No, that's the thing, is we've established... Yeah, Trigget wouldn't. <laughs> Trigget is not the type to go like, ah, and now to murder this person, <laughs> which is great. I would have been scared as well. Oh, my. <laughs> Wedge Antilles shooting at me? I couldn't imagine. I couldn't believe it. You know, uh, don't don't trouble yourself. I'm sending you to Harrogate for a series of restorative tonics. <laughs> Daddy, extra cream for this one. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, he's uh, he's killing people left and right. But yeah, uh, so Trigget is drawing ever closer to being able to just straight up shell the base into nothing town. And also, and- you know, open up his guns on the... Uh, allied fighters. Yeah. And there's a part where they have a conversation about that. Like, can we take the Star Destroyer? 
And Wedge is like, yeah, technically, but it's not actually going to happen. Well, the, there's the conversation that happens with Tainer and yeah, the, yeah. the uh, A-Wing pilots where they're like, could we do anything? And they're like, well, we could ram our ships into the view screen and that might annoy him a little. <laughs> and he's like, okay, thank you for that. I would have figured that that one A-Wing that took out the executor by crashing into its view screen right? would probably be the most famous A-Wing. <laughs> right? You. <laughs> that's why when they brought that up, I was like, but didn't that actually work at one point? Couldn't you just go, oh yeah, we're going to 100% just fly into the bridge. Yeah. And then it'll crash into the nearest Death Star. That's There's one of those around, right? That's that's what'll happen? No, it'll crash into the moon that we live on and kill Wait a minute, everybody. that's no moon. <laughs> so, so yeah, maybe no. Maybe, maybe no for that. But uh, they're like, well, we have to do something. We have to stop him because the Borlaeus will not be off the ground by the time he gets there and destroys everything. Yes. So, we have to draw him away. So not only... Do they, they're like, we can't just try and slow him down. We obviously can't attack him head on. We've got to draw him off from mm -hmm. the target. And we simply they... must lay out a blanket with a spread of delicious clotted, clotted creams and jellies. Mmm, <laughs> strawberries and cream. Berries and cream. Berries and cream. I'm the admiral that loves berries and cream. <laughs> Only those who skip around the perimeter may enjoy these berries and cream. <laughs> and I love a good skip. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right. So Tainer comes up with a wacky plan that's just crazy enough to work. Yeah, this is dumb. And the plan is, and of course, Wedge hears part of this while he is flying around. They fly off and they have the two A-wings get next to each other, like fly super close formation mm -hmm. and have their shields sort of go over each other to make it look like it is a larger vehicle. Uh-huh. While they fly side by side on them and then send out a transmission where they fake that they are Rogue Squadron and the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, there's a few other layers to this beyond that as well. Somehow the X-Wings are pretending to be like 12 X-Wings. And there's a part where Tainer, because they all have droids now, they all have official droids because they all have official X-Wings, Tainer has been given an astromech that he has nicknamed 13, because when he first got it, it was broken, so anytime he asked it for a random number, it always said 13. Yes. Uh, it's been fixed since then, but th that's its name now. Yeah. Um. So he, because his droids are too new to know any old codes, he's bothering the A-Wing pilots, like, hey, do you guys know any old codes? You know, you know anything any that's like a few weeks old, something they would know? Older codes, and they're like, yeah, we have older codes. So they use an old code that is known to be uh, decrypted already by the Empire. Yeah. So they're like, all right, we're still going to do it on a encrypted channel, but one that they can, we know, decrypt so that they can hear us go, hey, Han, can't that bucket of bolts go any faster? Well, I'm Princess Leia, and I'm here to tell you that Han's working on the engine because it's kind of broken. So the answer to your question is no. If any sexy Star, uh, Star Destroyer admirals tried to blow us up right now, they'd be able to do it while twirling their manly mustaches. Oh, no. I'm in Rogue Squadron. That sounds terrible. If anyone were to get here, they would tractor beam us in and then have the best prizes ever. My goodness, it would be such a wonderful time for any admiral that got us. I sure hope no one hears this. Yes, they would certainly pull down our pants and do something embarrassing, but not sexual, to our bottoms. <laughs> oh, I, I seem to have just gotten a missive that says spankings are forthcoming. 
Uh, okay, so so that's the plan. Pretend to be the Millennium Falcon. And it works. Immediately. Yeah, Trigget, of course, someone on the bridge is like, Sir, we're getting some uh, message from a weird uh, thing up there. The profile isn't one that we know, and... Uh, but they're using a thing we've decoded. They hear all the bullshit talk back and forth, and Trigget is just like, yes, fuck yes. I'm going to be daddy's favorite now. I'm going to get Han Solo and Princess Leia. Oh, man, this is going to be the biggest coup for me ever. Yes. And he's like, so is that the Falcon? I don't, it, sir, it doesn't even appear to be a ship. It's just a rotating shield frequency. I have no idea what's in there. There is a weird blob. It doesn't match anything. And he's like, well, they're constantly modifying the Millennium Falcon. So it would always appear weird. Hmm. That only further raises my hackles. <laughs> hmm. Suspicions confirmed. Follow them. Yeah. And so they follow that until they get really close. And then it turns from 16 X-Wings and, the, and a blob to two X-Wings and two A-Wings. Yeah, as soon as they get the signal that was like, oh, the Borleas has been able to get their engines on and they're away, they just go, all right, well, fuck this. <laughs> Drop that, leave. Mm -hmm. And Trigget, <laughs> for his part, as soon as the Borleas takes off, he's like, wait a minute, oh, Oh fuck. Oh shit. I'm the dumbest baby ever. <laughs> yes. And he angrily orders that the actual Folor base be shelled into into a parking lot, and indeed it is. Yeah, he and he be also begins firing on Tainer and the A-Wing pilots. Mm -hmm. And that's when Runt gets his cool time to be a good guy. Yeah, Runt needs a moment. Yeah, Runt gets his moment because they're like, okay, the the actual blasts coming off of a Star Destroyer normally aren't great at taking down just individual fighters because normally you're like, oh, there's swarms of them. They move around a lot. Yeah. But if all of the guns are trained on you, you are probably fucked. There's nowhere really good to fly away to. So they start shooting. It, you know, shoots big clouds of dusts and debris and everything from the moon. And Runt's like, wait, you, you're on my wing. Everyone follow me. And we're going to go through the trough so they can't follow us. Mm -hmm. And even though lasers and shit are raining down and they can't see anything, Runt is able to navigate them through all the twists and turns of the pig trough. He's memorized the pig trough. Yeah. And when they get through, Tainer's like, all right, so who who was that? What brain was doing that yeah, one? Because it wasn't the pilot, because the pilot's a brash asshole who always just flies right at the enemy. And it wasn't the one I normally talk to because that's like your diplomat brain. Yeah. So who was that? And he's like, oh, that was the student, the one who memorizes things and likes to do well on tests. He's like, well, give that motherfucker an A+. Also, have that one be the pilot. Like, what the hell? Because clearly he was able to pilot while flying around and me after he memorized the layout of the trough. Just have that guy follow me. Yeah. Just turn pilot into like angry soccer dad and... Just have uh, have student be pilot, and you're golden. I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> you're golden, pony boy. Uh, you get it? Because you're a horse it. man. Because he's a horsey fellow. Oh, oh ass, Equesh, <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> you unlikable, stupid alien. Uh, and it is, of course, not enough for them to merely get away from Trigget. They have to taunt him on their way they out. They do. 
And so they have to call back and be like, yeah, get fucked. You just got tricked. <laughs> you got punked by dinner squad, son. I mean, silly squad. You know what? If anything, I was hoping I would only ever have to read once. It was silly squad. <laughs> Uh, neither of those was good. And the fact that when they get back, Wedge was like, that was dumb as shit. Why did you do that? <laughs> you dumb assholes. <laughs> he's like, I just had a lot of adrenaline in me. Yeah, well, I don't give a fuck. I'm mad at you right now. And I'm sure Runt was like, uh, yeah, that was the part of my, one of my brains that's a dipshit. So you can only get him in trouble and not me. Ah, <laughs> oh, dipshit brain. Always <laughs> useful. <laughs> Normally, we call him Pilot. <laughs> okay, so they get away, and they go to warp, and they just, I guess they're planning to pretty much just continue on to the, the their original destination. Yeah, so the, the plan was, after they had found out at Commodore, we find out now in the chapters, but once uh, they had learned that this force was coming in, and they, you know, radioed it back to base, they just went, oh, you know what? Going to the doldrums where it's uninhabited is actually a good plan for us to go and then figure out where we're going to go from there. So we'll just essentially do the exact same plan that you were going to do as a uh, like a training, a training exercise, yeah. but we'll just have everyone do it. Yeah, so they blast off for the first leg of a multi-warp uh, jump tour. And we find out, this is when we find out that the A-Wings got absolutely fucked not obviously none of wraith squadron died no they're all fine out of the like 20 something a wings they lost like nine of them or something yeah, so they're, they're not doing great but but uh dorset conair and and um rudy rue more nor uh they survived <laughs> yep <laughs> to tango <laughs> Uh, I suppose to Tango, he would need a partner. It does take two. <laughs> hey, that's why he's got a wingman. <laughs> uh, okay, we're, so they, they're they heading to someplace called like Zoboft or Zobrobe or something like that. Z- Zobome. Zobome. Kagome. Inuyasha. <laughs> Kagome! <laughs> Christ. But, but yeah, it's an uninhabited planet that's technically not immediately fatal to go outside on but super it's like a hoth yeah and uh they had planned you know before they left obviously wedge made sure like okay does everyone have enough fuel and everything to actually make these jumps yes can we get there great even though many of them were a little beat up or a little low on fuel he was like okay if we do the plan we can get there also we find out that a transport ship left that has fucking Cubber, the mechanic, and Squeaky, their uh, bartender slash requisition officer. I mean, it has to, because the base is destroyed, so we're done with this base, and so we need all of this ancillary characters. Yeah, everyone well. who got a name needs to come along. Yeah. But, but we what? also find out that he took all their shit with them. Yeah, he went through all their rooms and grabbed all their personal items. Uh, so th- did Squeaky. And they're like, wow, thanks, Squeaky, you're a real guy. And he's like... He's like, no, it's just because if you if you had needed to requisition shit, that's work I would have had to do. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Can we fire him, please? He's just an asshole. Yeah, man. In the way that 
3PO is sassy. This guy's just a dick. He's like, well, if I didn't take all of your things, you would have asked me to get them new ones. And that sucks. I don't like working. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't see it right now because I'm on communications, but I'm doing the jerk-off motion. I'm flipping you off as ah, far as I can. <laughs> jerk-off motion. Ah. <laughs> and I think, is Jesmine with them? Where is she at this point? I mean, Jesmine is with them. Like we said... Her wing didn't get, like, destroyed. It was just kind of fucked up. So I assume that they managed to patch it up. Because the whole thing was like, oh, you can still fly. You just can't do, like, Fancy sharp flying. turns yeah. and stuff like that. So just sort of doing the jumps where you go in, like, straight lines to places feels like, oh, yeah, you'd be able to do that. That's fine. Yeah. Well, anyway, they jump to Zoboft or whatever it was called. This, Zabome! This, the, uh, Zabome, thank you. They jump to Zabome, and uh, then a bunch of their ships all break at once. And then there's a Zabom that goes off. Yeah, it turns out that they have been sabotaged. Yeah, now, what's weird is that they don't think that there was a bomb, like, set onto their vehicles, because no. they're like, oh, well, if there was, the, that would have gone off sooner. Instead... Someone set a bomb here that has the properties of both an ion cannon and an interdictor that can pull you out of hyperspace uh -huh. and an EMP blast. Yeah, because it turns off all their electronics. And it's set to go off if it detects anything in hyperspace near here. And it's just like, and I love that at least Tainer goes, when Wedge asked him, like, oh, could you build something like that? He's like, technically, yes, but I could also take the money it would build to make something like that and retire on it. This is the worst idea, because this is just millions of credits for one bomb. Yeah, basically, when when they all get kind of knocked out of their ships, some of them are worse off than others. Uh, he's fine. He's just sort of stuck in a dark ship. Uh, but others have problems with their ships that need, that need really rapid repair. So luckily, Cubber and so on are here. But... After they all do their calls in to see if everyone is okay via whatever channels they can to get to each other, and, and notably the one who's in the worst shape at the moment is Piggy, because the EMP blast turns off his auto-translator. Well, he's not in the worst shape. It's Mindonos who's in the worst shape, but... Also, no, it's fucking... Uh, oh, Fanon is Fanon, in the worst, yeah. because he was actually injured in the fight, because that's his whole personality trait, he's yes. getting injured. Yeah, and he's a cyborg, and all of his parts just got turned off. Yep, and he's in one of the three X-Wings that basically aren't able to restart because three of them got fucked up real bad. When yes. the bomb goes off, Tainer at least is like, oh, everything's shut down, but I can hit a manual restart and everything's going to come back online. Yeah. Whereas, you know, a few of them are like, oh, I can't even get anything to happen. Like, I'm just adrift. Yeah. But Tainer is really, he's the one who's in this moment is doing the most working through what happened because the first thing he does is, he asks his droid what just happened, gets an unfamiliar beep in response, and asks him for a random number, and gets 13. And he's like, fuck, you got factory reset. Oh, yeah, everything just got completely wiped. Yeah, so that's that's not good. Okay, uh, and then he gets a, uh, like a, a text message on the little screen of his X-Wing that's just like, that just says, uh, uh, demolitions. And he has to be like, oh, yeah, that was my that's my ground job. We never talk about the fact that we all have, like, special commando ground jobs. And I'm the bomb guy. Yeah, I mean, it was... Basically, Wedge being like, oh, I'm going to talk to you on a private channel mm -hmm. just to be like, hey, Demolitions, because I'm going to talk to you because 
not I don't care about you being Wraith six or five or whatever. I care about your knowledge of bombs. Yeah, if anything, the thing that drives me the most nuts about this part of the book is that they're all just calling each other by their call signs. And I'm not ready for that yet. I don't know who the fuck Wraith eight is. Try harder. Yeah. I'm like, you've really driven home five and six are Tainer and Runt. I get That's that. fine. We've spent the most time with them. And eleven and twelve are Wedge and, and Jasmine because they're at the end. Uh Actually, I thought they were at the beginning. I think he's. I think he's one and two. Okay, because it's Jansen that's. Uh, I think in eleven and twelve. Okay, but yeah, uh, they're just like, okay, you know, Wraith Eight did something. I I don't know who Wraith Eight is. I don't. Yeah, I don't have any possible I'm, knowledge of that. I'm fairly certain it's Piggy, but but it doesn't matter. It, the, I'm fairly certain it might be Fannin because oh. I'm. I think five, six, seven, eight is Tainer's squad, and he got all the assholes. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, but Piggy's having a problem in that his translator got turned off, so he can only speak Gamorian. Which sucks, because they're like, we need to make precise calculations for jumps and things, and someone's going to have to do a thing, and there's no way they'll be able to calculate whatever's going on without a computer. And I keep going like, man, Piggy's got to feel like someone listening to a podcast. Because <laughs> he's just like, I could! I could do it! And yet, all you can hear over communications is snort. <laughs> yeah. And they hit a point where he's responding to this long, squealy uh, message in Gamorrean, and Tainer just cuts him off and says, no, no, no. One grunt for yes, two grunts for no, pig man. <laughs> Look, we d- no one speaks your language. Look, are you all right? One grunt for yes, two grunts for no. Grunt. Yeah, he gets a really, d- like, a sad grunt in response. Oh, uh, grunt. Because <laughs> he's like, fuck, I'm reduced to this. God damn it. Now I can't do anything. Which is sad, because we had the entire last chapter where he was, like, super coordinating everything. He was doing ridiculous lightning calculations. Awesome badass. And then an EMP goes off and he is reduced to that pig guy over there. And yeah. now he can't do anything. And it's sad. We also get a message from uh, Mindonos to Tainer because Tainer seems to be the one who has his eyes on the ball regarding electronic components or whatever. And he's just like, you got to fucking help me, man. It's uh, it's uh, what's his name? Mouser or something, whatever. He's got a, a special name for his astromech. Yeah, because he's, you know, one of the three people here that had an astromech before this. Yes. Yeah. So he's like, you got to help me. He's turned off. What the fuck do I do? What the fuck do I do? And Tanner's like, I'm going to cut you off. And he gets the call right back. What the fuck do I do? What is go- my droid? We got to fucking help me with my droid. Yeah. Donos is clearly having PTSD problems. I'm going to go ahead and say that droid is the only other survivor of the attack. Yep. Yeah. I was like, no, it's very, very clear. He is having a panic attack brought on by PTSD. The only other person to survive has died. Yeah. And he is losing his shit. And Tanner's just like, whatever, man, I'll deal with it. No one cares about your droid. It's not a big deal, dude. And, you know, again, Min's just like, no, man, he's not, he's not responding. I, I need him to respond. Very clearly having problems. And Tainer's like, I don't know, did you try turning it off and on again? I'm like, don't you do this. He does eventually help him via that kind of advice. He's like, all right, you got a restraining bolt? Well, try putting that in him and then turning him off and on. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, it worked. Oh, oh, thank God. Yeah, okay, whatever, turn off. <laughs> it's like having a Windows boot CD. <laughs> it is so fucked up that Tainer just... Has zero empathy. No one gives a fuck. No, no other person on the squad's like, uh, yeah, he's clearly having some kind of huge mental. You really sure you really want him on our super secret commando squadron? I mean, <laughs> yeah, he went through some serious shit. Hey, hey, private channel to uh, Wedge. Hey, buddy, 
this is what I was worried about. Yeah. Can he's a, not ready for this. Can we get a couple more Tatooinian farm girls instead, please? <laughs> you realize if this is anyone in Wraith Squadron had gone down, Donos would also be losing his shit right this, now. What we are doing right now is genuinely cruel. <laughs> this is <laughs> fucked up and we should not be putting this man through it. Trigget wouldn't put this man in a, in a TIE fighter. <laughs> no, this is fucked. <laughs> But yeah, they split the squadron between who can work in vacuum and who absolutely needs to land down on the planet to affect real repairs. Yeah, and of course, uh, we already established that Tainer is also their mechanics guy. Yes, he's So Cubber's him and buddy. Cubber are the ones who are like, all right, well, we have to stay in space to deal with the three X-Wings that literally cannot move. Yes, well, everyone else is going to fly down and land. Yeah, you can fly down and land. Most of the R2 units can affect repairs themselves. Yeah, and it's, it's Hoff-like conditions, but at least the suits can auto-warm, so you'll be... It'll suck, but you'll be fine. Yeah, you're going to be cold. Like, yeah. it's not going to be nice. Yeah. But you'll be okay. And in the meantime, they've got a real problem. This bomb was obviously set here by somebody, and they go through a whole thing about how they got it, like, one bomb in an a in a solar system that would detect these passing ships. Like, how do you do that? And Chainer's like, oh, yeah, it's set at the exact point that's furthest from the sun. That's where the hyperspace coordinates would have had us arrive so we don't fly into any ma massive gravity wells. Whoever did this really thought this through. Yeah, there are certain points where... When you are flying into a system, you will generally have a path through. Yes. It's known that that's where you'll go. Yeah. So, so whoever set this was super smart. And obviously, if you were going to spend this much money to make this bomb, you wouldn't just, you know, set it off and hope it did a thing. It almost certainly alerted whoever set it that it did go off. So we've got a little bit of time, like a few hours probably before I assume Trigget shows up. Yes. Uh, and so now they're scrambling for what the hell are we going to do? We don't have enough time to fix all these ships. Even if we could, there's a few that won't be fixed in time. We'd end up having to leave people behind for Trigget to catch. Yeah. And this is when they start assembling a plan that I swear I only half remember, and it seemed all very dumb. Honestly, it's a plan that I barely could follow. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, what if we take over the ship of whoever shows up and i'm like you mean the star destroyer that's going to be here i guess they assume he's going to send a different ship to go retrieve their bodies or something although the whole fact that they used an emp interdictor ion weapon means that they were planning to take prisoners yes so it's it's a very confusing decision uh but yeah, they, they have this whole thing where they're like, yeah, well, whoever gets left behind is going to have to do a commando raid to take over the ship that comes. And that's like, I, I guess that was the whole point of this squadron. Except the, the whole idea is very dumb and bad. Yeah. But they start out and it's like, okay, what if we leave someone here, put them in an X-Wing and make it seem like the X-Wing is fucked up? And then he gets brought in, and then he comes out, and he starts blasting, and then takes it over. And they're like, no, that's dumb and bad. Yeah. They'll and detect that a living person is there, and not just let you out and be fine. Yeah, so they have a lot of back and forth, and then eventually it's Tainer's idea, obviously, he's our main character. And stop me if any part of this is wrong, but it seems like he wants to take the engines from one of the ejector seats from one of the X-Wings mount a person in a spacesuit on the ejector seat using the engines as make it like a little ersatz spaceship take one of the blasters out of the s foils of one of the x-wings strip it down so it's not like 10 meters long but just like two meters long so that he can have a weapon uh-huh and then because initially they were like 
oh, we'll use Donos's rifle. He's the one who has the most powerful handheld weapon. And they're like, yeah, that's not really going to matter much. If a sniper it... rifle is a dumb thing to try and run a commando raid with anyway. And also, if you try, because their other thing is, if we try and shoot it in space, it's not going to do anything. Like yeah. a fucking, doesn't matter how good your tiny little rifle is, against a ship, it's not going to matter. But if we strip one of the actual blasters off of an X-Wing, that might do something. Yeah, so that's the plan. And I guess they're going to float that guy in space near debris. And when they bring in the debris, he'll fly in and Rambo up the spaceship. It is absolutely baffling to me what they think is going to happen. It's so weird to me because I'm pretty sure the bigger ship that Cubber and uh, and Squeaky was on. Because... The way that they're going to make it so that they don't notice that there is a person out there, because the original plan was just to have them wait and get drawn in, mm. but they're like, no, they'll detect your life signs. They're going to take a smuggling compartment from the transport that Cubber and Squeaky were in, put a person inside of that, mm-hmm. and then have that get drawn in. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. Like, I would be like, okay, you know what? I know it sucks for the for the Republic and all, but why don't we just try and fix the transport ship instead of the X-Wings and leave? Yeah, it's... Like, yeah, we're probably going to get in trouble when we show up without 12 X-Wings, but let's just but leave. But we will actually show up, is yeah. the thing. Because, yeah, they at one point are like, oh, man, that'll be the end of Wraith Squadron if we show up somewhere and we're like, well, we lost... 12 X-Wings, including eight new ones. Yeah, that that sucks. But hey, you know what you did do is save the lives of everyone in Folor base. Mm-hmm. I think Wraith Squadron will probably be like, yeah, thumbs up on that one. But you got a bomb went off and took out your ships. That's not exactly like, fuck this squadron. Yeah, but basically... They have this whole plan to build a little fakey spaceship out of parts from other spaceships and have someone do a commando raid, right? Great. That's super fun and interesting. What a neat idea. Um, the Go ahead and set aside in your mind that all of this is taken up by people accusing each other of being crazy. Because it's just like, well, maybe we could take an ejector seat. That's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. There, there's a point zero 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 one two three percent chance that you'd ever be able to aim that correctly without having a computer do it. Right, Jansen? And then Jansen's like, uh, that chance is better than a zero percent chance, sir. I would like the one chance instead of the other chance. God damn it, Jansen! Also, what we can do is take an R2 unit and then just have that be attached to our weird makeshift fucking thing. And then it can relay the information to the dude in the ejector seat engine. And you're like, this is getting dumber by the second. I really wanted them to finish by the time they were done with all the plans of what they were attacking, attaching to the ejector seat, the smuggling compartment, the laser and the R2 unit. They were like, we could take one of the, one of the X-wing engines and stick it on the back. Also, it'll need some S foil. So we'll put those on there. Yeah. Wait, was, we just built a tiny X-Wing. We built a shittier X-Wing. <laughs> you made an X-Wing out of, out of uh, the garbage made of smaller X-Wings, and uh, you want to send it into war. Uh, it It's just a weird bad idea. It just goes on for far too long. Um, and we don't even know who's going to do it. I mean, 
I think obviously it's Kel Tainer. Obviously Tainer's going to do it because yeah. he's the main character. Yeah, but uh, it ends on that. But it, we do have a conversation between Wedge and Jansen that I really want to talk about. Oh, we also have another conversation unrelated to this that I want to talk about. Is it the uh, the one where Kel ha- or Tainer has an nope. argument with himself about whether or not he's in love? Because I don't want to skip that one either. Nope, but I also do want to do that. <laughs> Let's do them in order. We'll start with yours. So, because we have already established that Trigget and Warlord Zinge are not your average cackling, evil, kill-the-messenger types. Mm-hmm. After this failed raid happens, there is a conversation between Trigget and Zinge. Yeah, he calls in. And, you know, Zinge is like, oh, man, you failed. And he's like, no, I think you'll find I destroyed an entire rebel base and they'll never be able to have one on Folor. And that's what the mission was. Yeah, I lost some of my TIE fighters. They tricked me. Uh, I'd like to requisition some vo- some more. And Zinj is like, but you failed. And he's like, yeah, that's why you get requisitions. If I succeeded, I wouldn't need them. Yeah. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, I love their very straightforward relationship. You get a tiny bit of mustache twirling from Zinj here that gets shut down. Yeah. Where he's like, hmm, someone appears to have lost. It's like, yeah, regular setbacks. I don't know if you remember or not, but we're on the rebel side now. <laughs> we're the rebels. We- Here's the thing. We are outnumbered. There's an entire, like, galactic federation against us and a couple of ships. Yeah, and we we definitely took out the base and a bunch of t- uh, A-wings and stuff. We did pretty good here. Just send over the, the, the requisitions I'm asking for, and let's just move on with our lives. Yeah, I need 20 more TIE fighters. I lost a bunch of TIE fighters. It sucks, but, you know, sometimes you get caught with your pants down. As you'll see, my record shows... Most of the time, I'm very good at this. Yeah. And Zinj just kind of goes, you know what? You're right. I am going to send you those requisitions. And I was just like, this is the most pleasant fucking conversation between two bad guys ever. Best Imperials. <laughs> just, It is a shame when I'm like, oh, yeah, every time the Imperials talk to each other, I'm like, what wonderful little gentleman. And every time our main character shows up, I'm like, what a horseshit asshole. Yeah. Speaking of which. Yep. So Tainer, in the part where he's just floating around in space by himself waiting to fix his ship, is having a conversation with himself about that time that Tyria shot him down. Yes. Uh, and he's just out there like, I can't believe she said I wasn't in love with her. I'm going to show her. First of all, I got to spend way more time a day thinking about her because that's obviously that that wasn't a part of the question she was using to make a point. That was her saying, no, there's a minimum amount of hours a day you have to think about <laughs> yeah, as me. As long as you think about me more in a day, then you're in love with me. That's inserting friendship coins. <laughs> So I got to do that. Okay, note to self, set an alarm. Think about Tyria. <laughs> and then he gets like a shoulder devil that pops up and is like, no, dude, you're not in love with her. You feel the same way as you did about like some 15-year-old child star actress. No, you when you on. were 15 years yeah. old. Oh, that's right. She was already like a grown woman with kids. Yeah, it's basically on- like, oh, you saw someone in a movie and went, damn, that actress is hot and yeah. had a crush on her. Yeah, so he spends a, a bunch of his like 15 to 16th years fantasizing about how he's going to rescue a baby seal in front of her or something and she'll have to fall in love with him. And then eventually he reads about her even a little bit and finds out she's happily married and has kids. Yeah, I was like, oh, wait a minute. People have lives outside of my fantasy realm. Well, this crushed me. Obviously, for an entire summer, I was absolutely inconsolate. I'm like, really? Man, you suck. This is more <laughs> things where I'm like, yeah, as a 15-year-old, I might have been like, man, that actress is hot. But I also wasn't completely oblivious to the way the world works. <laughs> a 15-year-old like- should be able to understand, yeah, that like 28-year-old actress 
probably already has a life. You weren't spending the whole time being like, if I ever meet Willow from Buffy, I hope she's getting mugged when I do. And I Allison rescue- Hannigan, thank you. <laughs> I know the cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine to be like, ooh, I've got a little crush on this actress. Great. They're very pretty. That's a good thing to have. Good mm-hmm. job. You did it. Yeah. But for him to be like, I spent an entire summer crying and inconsolate over the fact that I would never be with them. I'm like, oh, you have a really fucked up shitty worldview. Yeah. You're just a bad person. <laughs> Luckily, a little shoulder devil pops up, as we mentioned a second ago, and it's like, you're not in love with her. Just knock it the fuck off. And he's like, shut up, you. I'll, I'll drown you with booze or something. But eventually he comes around and is like, no, I guess you're right. I'm not in love with her. I, I do tend to just idealize some women and then fall in love with that. Yeah. God damn it. I hate character growth. Which, which is like the worst <laughs> thing. To, it's so like now I'm way more on Tyria's side because, you know, if, if his response had just been like, hey, I know you two were having lunch, so I came over here. Want to smash? Fine. That's that's pilots in their in their 19 to early 20s. Great. Hey, and then she can just say no. And, and you're set. You're done. But this like, I think I'm in love with you. It's the creepiest fucking shit he could have said. I mean, again, at least he grew from it, but the fact that he's like, God damn it, inner voice, I will be dragged kicking and screaming through character growth. Yeah. I'm like, great, love to see it. Yeah, as long as you're getting dragged kicking and screaming. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute, I also gotta notice that spankings are forthcoming. (laughs) And not the good ones. Man! (laughs) The really good ones. (laughs) Ooh, I gotta find my own switch for this? My. Ooh, go in the yard and cut a fine switch, you say. <laughs> Ooh. Daddy's feeling particularly saucy I'm today. I'm going to put a notch in it so it draws welts. <laughs> I know about switch cutting. That's right. We here at Expounded Universe know about cutting switches. And it's not because of BDSM. It's because I read a lot of British novels. I hate how true that is. <laughs> I don't know about switches because I'm a cool sex haver. I know about them because I am a boring book reader. Yeah, I know about cutting switches for the same reason I know what role in a British school a prefect is. <laughs> I know who the best boy is. <laughs> so, so uh, me- meanwhile, the last conversation. This is the Wedge Jansen one that we've been just hinting at, edging you forever. By the way, edging in British schools is a really boring thing. <laughs> I'll edge you good, Heathrow. <laughs> He's named after the airport. Yes. The airport's his dad. <laughs> the airport is his dad. <laughs> I assume there's people in Britain also named Heathrow. <laughs> hey, why not? <laughs> and they are about to receive a good edging. Yeah. All right. So, well, at least they did a long time ago. All those novels are old. Um, Candleton Heathrow, come in this moment and bring a switch. <laughs> Cut a switch on the from the willow on your way in. <laughs> Allison Hannigan. <laughs> yeah. Don't cut switches All from Allison Hannigan. <laughs> I know the cast. Cut a switch from Charisma Carpenter. <laughs> oh, she suffered enough. Don't do that. <laughs> they all were on a Joss Whedon show, John. <laughs> they all suffered. <laughs> Okay, especially Michelle Trachtenberg. Goddamn. Uh, Wedge and Jansen, and Wedge is basically like, Jansen, I feel like I've got a problem with this new squadron. What do you think of them? And Jansen's pretty straightforward. He's like, they're damn good. They're not quite Rogue Squadron yet. Yeah, they they, can fly. They're fucking good. We didn't lose any. Yeah, they're all friggin' amazing. 
And he's like, yeah, but I've got this thing where when Piggy was doing all that ground control shit and Jansen was like, oh, let me tell you about that. He was flying circles around the TIE fighters while he was doing that. He wasn't floating in space and calling out orders because he's scared or something. He multitasks. Yeah. And, and, and it was great. Like that got us plenty of kills we would not have gotten otherwise. Yeah. And then he's like, but Tainer just explained how the bomb worked immediately. And then he has this whole plan about the... They made just, the fucking fake Falcon thing. Yeah. What the fuck? They're all coming up with these crazy ideas to do shit. And Jansen's like, sir, if I may be so bold, that was the idea. That was the point of Race Squadron was a bunch of people who think outside the box and come up with crazy shit to do. And he's like, yeah, but now I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, but now that they're doing it, I don't like it. I don't understand. I may have to think about things. <laughs> oh, they make me feel old because I don't come up with wacky plans anymore. I'm 28. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, so, it's just a weird moment where Wedge has like a crisis of, of realization that Wraith Squadron does exactly what it's supposed to, which is stupid MacGyver shit. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, now I feel like the old fuddy-duddy who's so conservative and set it in his ways because they keep coming up with fun plans. And, I and my sh- plan is just, let's do things well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wedge does do the one thing very well. He is very good at his job. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't belong on this squadron. You think about it, you don't really need a guy whose only not marketable skill is X-Wing doing. True. Apparently, that's just everybody. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. That wasn't supposed to be what he was doing. He was supposed to be like, oh, I was going to get 12 people and then, like, train you and then fuck off somewhere. But only 10 of you chuckle fucks managed to make it through. That is true. So now he's realizing, like, oh, I got to come up with some MacGyver shit or I don't belong on this team. (laughs) All right, guys, we're going to have a party and we'll all be in fancy dress. Uh, may I come? <laughs> I don't know what that voice was. I, I, I wanted to do an Avril Triggett. May, ooh, a party. May I come? I, I, I want to. I have my fanciest cravat. <laughs> no, Beldings. Not that one. The fanciest cravat. Now cut a switch. <laughs> cut a switch, Beldings. <laughs> Why and, is he the principal from fucking Saved by the Bell? And one for you. <laughs> well, that's Beldings. He's, he's multiples of the principal from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> the clones of Principal Belding. <laughs> In here. <laughs> well, that's just what fancy lads do. Yes. All right. Well, there you have it. That's that's the chapter ends with them building their ramshackle nonsense rocket and the plan of who's going to ride this dumb thing into into heroism and oblivion. Yeah, I guess we will find out what the actual fuck is going on with this plan next time, because God knows it ends with them going. We're going to basically take a part of X-Wing, make a shittier X-Wing and then profit. I really want, I know it's obviously going to be Keltaner they put in there, because the only other really good commandos to potentially put in there would be Peggy or Runt, and they're not humans, so they'd get they'd have a harder time hiding. But I really want it to be someone who you forgot was even in the squadron, because they haven't been mentioned recently. Like, and we're going to put Grinder in there. <laughs> Grinder's going to do it. I'm a, I'm a Bothan hacker. This is the worst idea. Why would you do that? Because it, it's a crazy idea, and that's what we do. <laughs> it's just stupid enough to fail. <laughs> we're going to have one of the Astromechs go in. <laughs> Mindonos, give me your astromech. We're putting him in. That's right. Now watch him go and wave goodbye. Oh, it looks like you're having a bit of a panic attack. Too bad. Get in your X-Wing. We're flying away. You're part of this squadron. You don't have a say in it. My X-Wing's one of the broken ones. Oh, <laughs> baby gonna cry? Baby gonna have a PTSD? I mean, yes, obviously. <laughs> 
God damn this book. Yeah, the part where they they do the 130 million billion billion to one chance, and th- those are odds even a Corellian can't ignore. Don't make that a fucking Corellian trait. That was a Han Solo trait. <laughs> nope, that's Corellians. Because <laughs> remember, just like everything in Star Wars, if one person did it, it means everyone that is part of them does it. I know, and I hate it. And hey. Speaking of stuff I hate. <laughs> Speaking of stuff that we do that I hate. We have to go make bonus content. <laughs> and if you would like to join us with the bonus content, that's easy enough. Go over to patreon.com slash systemastery. And on this show, you'd be supporting us at the $4 level. That's right. That $4 level at the Patreon gets you access to the expanded expounded universe where we go to Wikipedia. We look up some weird and wonderful things from the Star Wars, mm-hmm. and we bring it back, and we tell each other, we tell you, and we're all a little wiser and a little bit better off for A it. little more versed in the ways of Star Wars. We're a little more virile. <laughs> yes, it makes you a little more virile. So Do you have been... erectile dysfunction? <laughs> Are Is you expanded, from expanded low... universe good for you? <laughs> look... Expanded Universe can't return the hair you've already lost. (laughs) But we can put hair other places. (laughs) Yes. If you've lost hair on the top of your head and you want to make up for it with just an insane amount of ball hair... Then call us, and then also Manscaped. Do you want your balls to be freshly shorn? No, we have to be the opposite of Manscaped. We put hair on them. We put hair on balls. We put (laughs) hair on balls. Yeah, that's right. We're the testicle creeps. (laughs) That's right. The expounded universe, the testicle creeps. (laughs) So, uh, you know, why not give your local testicle creeps $4 a month to hear about more Star Wars stuff, huh? What a great idea. Patreon.com slash System Mastery. Thank you so much for listening. And until then, (laughs) I've been Elan Sleaze-Bagano. I put hair on balls.